It's like, for example, in Pakistan, I form a collective society. And my mom says that we have to do this. My grandmother passed away recently, right? And they had to like throw funerals and put food on the table. And I was like, why are we grieving? They're like, yeah, but people come here and they also take out the time to pray for your grandmother. The least we can do is offer them food. It has no better, it has no benefit to us to do this, but we do it for society. Good Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Weekly Muscle. I have William with me. William has joined us again, and no wonder why, because the last conversation was amazing. So me and William want to do this more often. And let's see if you guys like uh, our conversations more than you like other conversations. Let's see how that goes. So William, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm I'm excited to be here talking to you again. Uh, you know, we... we, we uh, uh we have been going back and forth on messenger for a little while uh and uh, you know at some point uh, at some point one of us just said i think we should probably just hit record on this conversation <laughs> instead of uh spending all of our time sending voice notes so i th- that would be also I, I also think that is also a very interesting way of recording a podcast so imagine if you and i just keep sending things and then after it becomes mm-hmm. like the topic ends then mm-hmm. the team can just uh, collapse all that information and make it into like a podcast like an audio podcast and i feel like that would be mm-hmm. more interesting to consume because it'll be always different different days and like you know like right uh-huh. now we're sitting we're going to be talking it continuously sure but we already yeah. know what we're going to say and we're going to try to like create tangents. But then it's like, okay, I, I you sent you a message and then the day after I listened to it and whatever happened to me at that day gets incorporated in my response. Yeah. And that, I yeah. think it adds more fruit and more yeah. substance to, to, to the topic. So I do like that. We can try that out once, yeah. but that would be an audio I, I, thing. That crossed my mind actually when we were, we, you know, when I was sending you a voice message, I said, I wonder, I wonder if we could just, if we could just stitch these together and make, you know, make a podcast out of it. And, you know, the benefit there is that I think that when I have, when I listen to your voice message in the car and then I get home and I'm doing some stuff and then I finally have a minute to reply, I'm going to be, I'm going to sound way smarter. I'm going to sound way (laughs) smarter than what I have to say. You can articulate your thoughts better, right? It's like, you're not on the spot then. Right now, I was in the middle of a, of a job interview, right? And like, I'm, I'm, I, as, a, as a freelancer, I have to keep giving interviews all the time, right? I have to keep yeah. giving pro- talk conversations, always have the pipeline filled, right? So you keep talking to people. Yeah. So I was talking and I, I have my pod, like my interviewing uh, skills to the T. So there's something I'm also yeah. launching a roundtable about is to teach people interviewing skills because as a freelancer, you do it so much that I have built like a toolkit and a system that I know it works. So I was pretty huh. confident. I was like, you know what? I know what to say. I know the questions that are going to come. It's pretty easy. I got this. But then one the person throws me a random question and it was such an interesting question. He says to me, okay, Ahad, imagine you were me. What question would you ask yourself? And what would your answer be? And I was like, my God, this is interesting. I never thought of this. <laughs> you know? So it was, I was put on the spot there. So, yeah. Uh, that that person, what that person was doing was they're like, this is going to sound really smart and it's going to totally hide that I have no idea what question to ask this guy. <laughs> Could be, but the guy made his point very clear, right? It sounded it very smart I to mean... me, yeah? yeah? Exactly. So yeah, so that's the point that we get on, uh, like, uh, we get on the spot and sometimes when you let it simmer and uh, don't actively think about it sometimes some beautiful thought comes out of it uh, so i do yeah. like it we can try it out and that way also it's like it can be more real time not like something we schedule and then we have to like yeah. uh, 
come up with a topic. But for next time, for now, we have a very interesting topic yeah. we're going to talk about. So how the story started with, with our messenger talks, which, by the way, I realized it's a very American thing because I just had a conversation with some other Americans and I told them as well that uh, uh, let's stay in touch. And they said, yeah, you can email us. And I was like, yeah, I'm more of a WhatsApp guy. And they started laughing. And I was like, what happened? And they're like, my God, WhatsApp, we are, they're Peruvian. So they were like, our family makes, forces us to be on WhatsApp all the time because they're all on WhatsApp, but we don't use WhatsApp yeah. in the States. And I'm like, what the hell do you guys use? And they're like, SMS <laughs> messages. That's all we use. And I'm so shocked. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why just a text chain? But uh, so, yeah, it, it's also an experience. You know why? Because I think you guys are allowed to send media through your text chain, right? It's like mm -hmm. part of the iMessage thing. Yeah. And also like, even if you're sending it to an Android person with like the blue bubble, can you still send multimedia? Mm -hmm. yeah. But in Pakistan, it was not included in the price of your product, uh, right? So we okay. were only allowed to yeah. send SMS, not MMS. So uh, the only option was to enable data or like 4G, 3G, 2G back then and use WhatsApp to send multimedia to each other because there was no other mm -hmm. way. And from that way, mm -hmm. it just stuck to us. Right now, still our thing, our pro like our products, if you buy like a monthly package, it doesn't include MMS. It only mm -hmm. includes SMS. Okay. So maybe that's yeah. why the adoption of WhatsApp in, in this region is, is different. So we were talking on Messenger. And uh, we were going back and forth about uh, what we were discussing on individuality. And I I'm the personal opinion that there is a high rate of individuality in the Western countries. And uh, because of that, there, th that explains a lot of societal level issues that are happening in the West, in my opinion, right? And uh, you of the belief, you are of the belief that no, those, those problems do exist, but I don't think it's individuality that is the problem. It is some other underlying cause. But then I was listening to a podcast about choice paralysis, right? <laughs> and then I mm -hmm. thought about it and I was like, isn't it interesting that due to our abundance of choice, the, it's like the paradox of choice, right? Even at that podcast I was discussing with, uh, with this, this girl, she lives in Japan now, but she was raised in the US. And she said the biggest culture shock for me was when I went to the store, there was only like two or three brands of deodorant I could choose. Well, if I go to mm -hmm. Walmart, there are like 30 different brands of, of deodorant that I can choose. And that mm -hmm. confuses us. So from that, I just, I thought about this. I was like, okay, that's interesting because yes, indeed, maybe an abundance of choice is a problem in itself that the West is facing because in the East part, you don't see this. Yes, there are different problems in, in Africa, in Pakistan, in India, people are dying of diseases, infant mortality rate is relatively higher and people don't have money and poverty is high. But if you're on the streets, on average, even if a person is poor, because I was raised in my environment, I do have people who are not at the same social uh, economic level as I am, I still see them happy. I still see them content. Religion also plays a role in our religion. We are supposed to be content, but that's a separate problem. So this is where we stand. I personally believe that the abundance of choice also plays a role into, into the discontentment that the West has. And there's also another element of, of capitalism that I will bring on later. But this is where we stand, William. Over to you. Okay. Um, I mean, so I, I think that I think that there is an element here of, I think there's an element here of like, when you're a hammer, everything is a nail. Um, you know, so, so there is a, you know, you're, I think that you're experiencing a degree of discontent in, in a, in maybe a, a kind of a culture shock, maybe not a, 
I don't know if that's really the right way to describe it for you, but there, you know, you came from once you came from a place where a, a, a system, you know, where there was a much more collectivist system and you're now living in a place that is a much more individualistic system. And, and that is going to, that is going to have like tendrils all throughout your experience. And many of the things that are frustrating for you uh, and for people in a similar position and many of them are, are going to be related to that difference between collect like a collectivist society and individual individualist one, but not all of them and not completely. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, we have a, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of, <laughs> I get, I get, I get dinged all the time from people who read things that I write and cause I write in a very kind of equivocal way where I'm, you know, if I'm writing something, I'll, I'll, I'll never say uh, such and such is such and such. I'll always say it's almost as though it is kind of like it is sort of as if, you know, uh, because I think that almost there are so few there's so few like true black and whites in the world and in life. And and when we're talking about individualism and collectivism, we're talking about really complicated things that have complicated sources. I mean, poverty increases the the likelihood of, of collective of collectivism, wealth, um, you know, wealth increases the likelihood of, of individualism. I mean, just as 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 a society gets wealthier, as individuals get wealthier, they rely, they have to rely less on people and they have the headspace to explore what, you know, well, this is what my family likes, but what do I like, you know, and that's a that's a luxury of having time and money to not have to, you know, not have to worry about that stuff. And so you can, you know, and so these are complicated topics and it's, it's not going to just be it, it, under, under no, under no circumstances, is it just going to end up being, well, because of individualism, uh, we have a choice paralysis just because, because of cho choice paralysis is a direct result of, uh, you know, of, of our individualistic society. And, and, and I think that both of them have some very real, you know, both of these systems have some very real um, drawbacks, you know, I, I mean, a, collect, a collectivist society is going to emphasize um, kind of adhering to social norms, uh, you know, as a means of supporting the what the society needs as a whole, which is, which is a good thing. That's a virtue. But what if you really don't fit into that society? What if, what if you're somebody who uh, you know, what if, what if you're, what if you're interested in art and your parents want you to be, um, you know, a, a construction worker, I don't know, I'm trying to come, you know, they, they want you to be a cobbler, you know, for shoes, but you don't want to be a cobbler. It's, it's like, it's, this is every, every, you know, life, like lifetime B movie that has ever been made about a, a, a kid who doesn't want to follow his dad's footsteps. But I think it's, you know, and that's stupid and it's, but but it's also real. Like that is a real, that is a real drawback. You know, individualism offers an opportunity for people to be individuals, you know, you know, sometimes that, and, and, and sometimes at the expense of society and sometimes not. Um, so I wonder if I veered way off of what you said. Can we just rewind? <laughs> Does this have a rewind on us? I can I can pick up on what you just said. Okay. Right? So I, I, I get what you mean. I understand. By no means, I believe that the answer is black and white. Right? I completely agree yeah. with you. 
but I yeah. am of the belief that you can peel the onion. Sure. Right. So Absolutely. this is one step in that direction that I'm trying to make it understand. There's always different dimensions. And that's the beauty of the information abundance we live in. You take mm -hmm. any situation, you can have a political narrative to it, you can have an economical narrative to it, you can have a geographic narrative to it, you can have a religious narrative to it, you can also have an individualistic narrative to it, you can sure. have a societal narrative, you can have so many narratives. But in reality, something has happened. And one of the yeah. levers is in charge. We don't know which one, we're trying to figure it out. So I do get your point of views. I do disagree with some of them. So let's start with the first one um, that you said. That as, as, let's start as, with the first one. Oh, God. As, as you said, as wealth increases, people become more individualistic, right? Well, that, I think there's a tendency toward. I don't want to say. Yeah, there's a tendency towards, know. but then you have a good example of Japan. It's sure. the third largest economy in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're quite collectivistic. China is the second largest economy in the world, and they're also quite collectivistic. Right. Mm -hmm. So U.S. is the only one in the top three that is individualistic. And Japan is so collectivistic that in Japanese culture, if you uh, like cannot do what do you mean, if you cannot uh, fulfill your responsibilities to your family, you actually disappear. They call them suicides. Uh, mm -hmm. It's more like a societal suicide. So you don't actually kill yourself, but you literally leave your family behind and everything so that if your family can claim you died, but in reality you ran away because you couldn't handle the responsibilities and you want, didn't want to bring the the shame to the family for not being responsible, right? It is well, so collectivistic, Japan. The, or sorry, continue, go on. Yeah, yeah I know what you're, where you're going and I do agree with it, but I'm trying to say it's still collectivistic in the sure. sense that the, the society is so uh, in charge of the norms that when mm -hmm. people feel like suffocated because they can't handle it, they choose these routes uh, to get out of it. And I completely understand how individuality helps here uh, in mm -hmm. trying to be more accepting that, hey, I cannot do this, so I want to move mm -hmm. forward. And I completely agree with that. But my concern is it's twofold. Number one, in highly individualistic societies like the West and, uh, and uh, Chile or uh, the US, you see fa familial bonds breaking because you want to be individualistic, right? But you have mm -hmm. more cliques now, mm -hmm. which are voluntary organizations that you're joining because now you're an individual. But that's also, you're still finding a group. You're still finding a clique, sure. uh, someone to identify with, right? You're like, I am a cobbler. So I have, mm -hmm. I joined this cobbler guild or I am an artist. So I hang out mm -hmm. with other artists. So you're doing the same thing, but instead of now being familial, the kin-based mm -hmm. relationships, we're moving to skill or belief-based relationships. So now it's like, mm -hmm. I believe that I'm this, so I would rather hang out with people like this. So you're doing the same thing, but the paradox of individuality comes in here, which is the second part, is the choice, the consent. So you're like, I consent to this, I choose for this, so it's okay, Yeah. right? That's yeah. great. But when you're one step in and one step out, that's where I feel like the struggle happens because when you're one step in, and you're like, with, with kin-based relationships, you don't have choice, right? You were born here, there is blood, there is responsibilities on your head. In the collectivist society, you need to help. You need to do something, right? Mm -hmm. But in these relationships, you're like, you know what? I can go, I can join, I can try, but then I can leave if it doesn't help me. And I think that's why we were also alluding to in our voice notes, right? Mm -hmm. The concern that I mostly have with individualism here in the West is the ease of uh, or the lack of commitment that comes with it. 
So you're like, you know what? I can choose to do this. I I went to Toastmasters. I went to two events and the third event, I was like, nah, I don't want to do it anymore. And I left, mm-hmm. right? Now, this is a very uh, simplistic example of what I'm trying to say, right? If you invest in relationships, if you invest in friendships, if you invest at work, the first thought is not, okay, how can I add value here and build a, a long-term stable thing? It's more like, how much value can I extract from here? Because... As an individual, I'm maximizing my happiness. I'm maximizing my utility. So even all of my relationships are based on what I can maximize. And you mm-hmm. gave me a good example of that, how I have a dog sitting and I do mm-hmm. dog sitting because I know someone will pay that back to me when I need dog sitting, you know? But that's also sure. a click in a community you built, right? Sure. A community you built of like-minded individuals who are willing to help out. But some of you will be like those who always want dog sitters, but are not willing to dog sit might be sure. one person that got kicked out after a while, but that's how mm-hmm. the self-correcting mechanism works, right? So mm-hmm. everyone tries to maximize themselves. And that's what we've seen time and time again in behavioral economics in, uh, uh, in uh, what do you call it? Uh, there is this game theory concept, right? The game theory is all about cooperation and every individual is out for themselves. That's how individuality, it's the definition of individuality. It's out for themselves. Sure. So that's where I stand. So... I mean, okay, so I, I mean, there's an interesting thing. You, the, 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 what you, what you were saying about China and Japan, and particularly in Japan, the, the kind of like uh, disappearing oneself, um, <laughs> is interesting because that strikes me as like a highly individualistic decision. So there is a collectivist society that is, in some cases, overbearing to a point that the that the individual says. I can't be a part of the collectivist thing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make an ultimately individualistic decision and I'm going to just leave all this. Yeah. And, and so is that, well, whatever, you know, I mean, (laughs) I, I certainly don't mean to say that wealth is, does not always lead there, but I also think that, well, like you see, like even within, within, uh, you know, wealthy nations with a high, with, with, with high GDP value and everything, you have pockets of much, you you have pockets of uh, greater expressions of collectivism where there is more poverty. In the United States, we have, you know, uh, rural, rural communities that are, that may be poorer. They operate in a more collectivist way. In urban areas where there tends to be a lot more wealth, more social safety nets, things like that, they operate in a way more individualistic way. So, so I, I, I don't, you know, it is not a one-to-one thing. It's not money equals individualism always and perfectly, but, but in, you know, there is a kind of correlation. And I mean, even within, even within China and Japan, and I'm not, a, I'm not an expert. I've never been there. I don't, I, I think I have like one friend from Japan and I'm he hasn't been there. there since he was a kid. I'm going there in uh, March. I will tell you how it is. Okay. You let me know, <laughs> go and ask everyone, <laughs> you know, but, but my understanding is that even within those societies, there is a growing sense of individualism. Um, and certainly, probably, I'm certainly not expressed to the degree that it is in a lot of Western countries, but, um, but, but I don't think that's a, I don't think that doesn't necessarily surprise me that if, as those, as individuals and communities within those societies 
become wealthier, a greater expression of individualism starts to emerge in, at least in pockets, maybe not as a national value system or something like that. Um, but, you know, to, to, you know, to the other point, talking about sort of chosen communities, I mean, in the United States, we have kind of this, and maybe it's global, I don't, I don't really know, but there's this idea of the, the, your chosen family, you know, we have, we have families we're born into, um, but a lot of people, those are not great relationships. Um, you know, and, and I mean, we can, you know, you can say, you know, you can say like, well, these are, you know, your family that you were born into, these are permanent relationships. And a collectivist mindset says you, you make whatever is necessary work for that, uh, you know, for that unit, for that like automatic biological unit. Um, but those units are not, those units are oftentimes headed by people who are exactly as kind of individualistic as we're talking, you know, they're just in charge. <laughs> it's like you have a matriarch or a patriarch who has such a strict idea of what, what their family should be or what they should be like. And, and it is oftentimes not really for the benefit of that family or that unit. It's because they like to be in charge or because they were weak when they were a child and now they like to be powerful or whatever. And that is that that can be expressed. That can be filtered down through all of the people that are in this unit. And, um, you know, and, and so there there is this idea of like. Any any community that you're that you're a part of and that you're committed to is that can be your family and you can be just as committed to that. And I, and I, I, I disagree that there is something inherently better about a, a, a family that you're a family that you're born into versus one that you choose. I mean, I think that we're, we're, I don't, I'm not sure that there's any, I mean, the only real difference is like, is there kind of a draconian, almost like fascist requirement to, uh, fit the values and standards of a, of like a, a, of a family you didn't consent to versus a, a voluntary system to say, I am, I am paying in with my effort and my love and my attention into a community that I chose or a community I was born into. Um, and I can leave if that is not working for me, or if I'm mistreated, or if I'm not respected or honored in, in a, in a way that seems fair. And to me, so, so, and, and it sounds to me like you're saying that's, that's like a, that's a highly, that's like a highly individualistic viewpoint. And I'm saying, if that is individualism, then individualism is inherently better. But I don't think that's individualism. I think that that is, I don't think that that's the core of individualism. Like, I, I think it's, yeah. that's, that, that's what makes it really, really messy. I mean, you are going to have bad actors exactly like in, in a, in a perfectly collectivist society it can work really well. I mean, there isn't really any real reason that a collectivist society needs to be formed around really trivial things like what you do for a living or whether you're married by 25 or whether you're, you have three kids and if you give them grandbabies and like, that isn't, that isn't necessarily the, the values and core that needs to a collective, a collective needs to be formed around, but it often is. And that's yeah. also bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, uh, you know, and, and I mean, like I was, I was, I was, I was alluding to in one of our conversations, it's like, you know, we have 
you know, we have our, in the United States, we have some, some of our more collectivist communities are actually kind of the sort of more right-wing communities, um, sometimes kind of uh, wildly so. And those also happen to be the communities that need to, that, that are, are going to say things like, you need to be uh, uh, straight, white, you know, married uh, by, by a certain age, going to church every week. And, and these are, so that's, that's the core of what the collect, that's the core of what our more collectively minded citizens, that's kind of what they expect of their members. Uh, whereas these chosen fam, like more chosen families may be organized around things like community service or making sure that people have a place to live or, and, and, and kind of a disregard for, for what I think a lot of us see as like trivial differences, like sexual orientation or gender or race or anything like that. You know what I mean? Um, I said, I was going to try and be brief. Mm. <laughs> mm. I really enjoyed the real time realization that you had, but it's fine. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And I, you just leave cut it me off me. sometimes, Ahad. Just cut no, me off. I, just I be think like, I've been talking for really? a few minutes as well. So it's fine. But okay, let's, let's, let's try to bring it back. Right. So I agree with you. I agree with you on, on a certain points that what you have in the West is collectivism sometimes breeds conservatism and that breeds your far right mentalities. That's correct. That's something I can get on board with. And that's yeah. why I believe collectivist societies are not really the end all solution to it. What I have a problem with uh, in individuality is the lack of commitment aspect to it. So now how this is how I explain using using this for the right wingism that's happening in the West, right? Mm -hmm. Very simply, you have a group of people who are collectivists who believe their society is the right society and they're going to do their very best to preach about their society. So these are yeah. active voters. They're going to come out and they're going to support the right wing candidates because they think that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And they're very homogenous. All of almost all of them believe the same things, white, straight, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like church going a bit of religion. So that's fine in the US. Mm -hmm. On the left, you have more fragmentation. Why yes, do you have more fragmentation? Sure. But why do you have fragmentation? Because of individuality, because everyone can choose what they care about. Everyone can choose what they want to believe. In. And because of that fragmentality, I like the word fragmentality, but that's not really a word. Fragmentation, <laughs> right? Uh, stick with it. I, I so the, the fragmentation that has happened has led to more of a diluted societal system because of which you have more right-wingism in, in, in these countries because those people are homogenous. They know what they want. They're out and they're going to get it by voting. These people don't know what they want until you employ rank-based voting where they get to choose their ideal candidate, but then another candidate, yeah, but yeah. another candidate, another candidate, then they will never be homogenized in a way. They're all like, sure. if you don't support animals, I'm not going to vote for you. Okay, but you only have two candidates to vote for. Are you going to vote for the right person? No, no, then I'm not going to vote. Their individual choice to vote is hampering the societal progress, but they don't see it because they're like, it's my choice. It's my uh, it's my autonomy. I can choose to do, but I, I argue that it's your moral duty to be involved in the civic procedure because yeah. you are part of a society. And that's what I mean, right? It's being, I don't yeah. care about kin-based relationships. I don't care about families. Mm -hmm. I agree with you 100%. If you mm -hmm. don't, if you were born in a place with abusers or whatever, 
Why do you want to stay there? I agree. But society is kind of a family, right? The family you choose to an extent. But a lot of the people of society you don't choose to be with, but you have to learn to be with them. Another example I'll give you. I There's this uh, very nice uh, YouTube channel called Kirk, Kirk Zikart. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't so, know how to pronounce it either. <laughs> it's, it's a very weird name. But they usually talk about physics and science. But yeah. they recently talked about, are we getting more, uh, is, are we like, is it the end of humanity or something? Are we, is social media ruining us? Mm-hmm. And they argued that a lot of arguments against social media don't make sense, like echo chambers. They're like, no, before social media, there were already echo chambers because literally there were echo chambers. Literally, you were in a place where people are there around you and you just agree to them. In social mm-hmm. media, you got to learn different perspectives. However, what they said was social media gave you a choice to hear the other side. Back then, you didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. You had bonds that kept you together. In the, in the US, sports is a very good example. I don't know why, but you guys really, really love your sports. <laughs> so... Right. Don't look so, at me. I don't. I don't know. I don't know anything about sports. <laughs> but like, for example, you have a left-wing person, a right-wing person. You might not agree with each other politically, mm-hmm. but you both support the the New England Patriots. So you mm-hmm. you're happily willing to sit side by side, putting a guard, putting aside your problems, just so you can support the New England Patriots. And they said that was the reason society was okay back then. Now. Now you don't have physical barriers anymore. So now it's not like, hey, I don't like William. He's my neighbor and he has a completely woke left mentality that I don't agree with. But I have Mm -hmm. to see William every day. He gives me my coffee or whatever have you, right? So I need to go there. I I do his laundry, right? I have a dryer machine. He has he has he's a barista. We literally help each other out. So I have to learn to live with William. I have to learn to sacrifice my personal autonomy a little bit for the benefit of society because this is where I exist. In social media, the problem is there are no bonds like that anymore. Now I can choose mm-hmm. to swear at anyone online because I don't care who that person is, right? So yeah. because of that, yeah. that level of individuality has has exceeded propelled by social media in my eyes because now it's giving you consequences with like sorry freedom without consequences right freedom of speech without freedom of consequences and this is the problem in a collective society or in a society where individuals are coming together consenting to do something together our understanding of the fact that their actions have consequences what i have a problem with the individuality in my head is what i see mostly around me is people who think individuality means they can do whatever they want Whatever mm. the consequences, they don't care. They're like, it doesn't matter to me because I, I, I can get up and leave. To give you that mm-hmm. Japan example, I can guarantee you almost because Japanese people are so collectivist, they don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. They have to do this. So in a way, they're not happy. They're not being individual. This is the collectivist decision. They don't want to uproot their life and go live somewhere else. They're like, we have to for my family so that my family doesn't get pointed fingers that, oh, your son or your daughter was a bad actor you know you have to do this and because of that they prefer to go somewhere else so it is a more of a collectivist decision in my head but it's an individual decision in your head so that's already a very interesting point of view but that's <laughs> that's where i stand okay. i love this back and forth though yeah <laughs> and instead of time i'm gonna give myself 90 seconds what can i say <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> um you know i think you know uh, obviously the only place that i can really say much is on you know the united states this is this is this is what i know but it's it's probably there's there's going to be a degree of truth elsewhere but i mean you, you know a lot of what you were describing politically um first of all is is very interesting um 
but I think that it is not, I'm not sure that it's an individualistic issue as much as it is <laughs> kind of a problem inherent with our specific political system, which is so polarized into just two parties. We have no third, no, we have no viable third party. So every, every election is a question of, we have one party on the right who all says various shades of the same thing. And on the right, on the left, on the, the left, right, the left. <laughs> on the left, we have, um, we have, we are not, we don't have people saying various shades of the same thing, and and so you do end up with you do end up with coalitions. But I don't, you know, I don't think that I don't think that we have people saying, oh, I don't want to vote because uh, it, it doesn't work for me. What you have is a coalition that says we need a candidate that represents us also and so politics on the politics on the left is really really complicated because uh there are people who are on the left who have different values from other people on the left you know on the right you do to, to a certain extent you just have like how much do you hate the brown person like <laughs> you know and that's that's not fair i'm gonna I I know I know some very reasonable conservative people, uh, so that's that's a that's a over that's an overstatement, but kind of not. Um, <laughs> um, but so it's it's comp it's complicated, and 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 because of our political system, because we have a political system that it forces just one of two options. I think what you have more than anything is not people making an individualistic decision to say like, well, I'm not going to vote for Hillary Clinton because she doesn't perfectly represent the, you know, considerations of the, you know, the intersectionality of trans rights and uh, immigrant something. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Come up with a million different intersect, inter intersecting points. Um, that's not, that's not what's going on. People are not, I don't think <laughs> people are not refu refusing to, to vote because they are not personally perfectly represented they're refusing to vote because it doesn't feel like it matters. Like we, and, and it's not, and, 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 and that's the whole thing is it's like, if you're given a false choice, it's not exactly an individualistic selfish decision to say, well, I'm not going to participate. It's almost more like a deflation of like, well, I'm not really sure what the point is. It doesn't really seem like it matters. It doesn't really seem like, it doesn't seem like people are represented either way. Um, and yeah, so it's yeah. it's not I mean I see what you're saying and I don't I don't think it's it's not it's not it's not strictly wrong but it's just not that simple. I think you know if and I talk about this with I talk about this with my partner all the time where this a concept of um of uh, uh ranked choice voting and and how that might be able to help just help people feel like it isn't it isn't for nothing. It, it, the outcomes don't have to change. If the same approximately centrist establishment candidate keeps getting elected anyway, that's okay. If 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 the people feel can feel like, and various coalitions can feel like, yeah, it makes sense to participate because it does. Participation matters. Do you know what I mean? And and that's an issue right now is that it's not like an individual saying, look, my candidate can't win. And so it's a waste of time for me. It's like, 
a candidate that vaguely represents me can't win and participating makes no difference. Yeah, yeah, but so, I, to me, to me, that sounds very similar. <laughs> You're saying it, 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 it is. I mean, it's a, it's a subtle difference, but it, but it, but it's like we're talking about we're talking about the almost like the individualism of a co coalition. It's like on the left we have sixty different coalitions that represent in like communities, which within those communities operate in a collectivist way. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? That so mm -hmm. it's like the the a, a collective a, a collectivist society um many many of them can exist alongside one another you know and that's kind of what we have we have lots of we have a lot of individualism but we have a lot of collective like individual collectivist communities that are just smaller they're not national they're not as big as the whole country you know yeah. and those communities <laughs> as a whole it's almost as though like the, that community acts in an individualist way as a community, as a community, it acts in an individualist way. But I don't think that's actually, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how, how big a difference that is, honestly. I mean, every country, there, there are going to be there are going to be variations of values in every country. And there yeah. are going to be sort of collectivist communities around those values, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then ultimately, like, they're all going to kind of act in an individualistic way as a community how big is the community is the question go on yeah 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 i i, I understand you but i have a very interesting uh, point of view let's do, let's we'll do a thought experiment first let's let's okay. uh, try to clarify the the thing about the united states and the two party system mm -hmm. i understand i understand your point of view but in the netherlands for example we just also voted for a very far right party mm -hmm. right they're the leading mm -hmm. party in the netherlands and this party literally says i'm going to this is their manifesto i'm not joking Mm -hmm. uh, I I would uh, demolish all the mosques that are in the in the in the Netherlands. Uh, no immigrants are allowed to come in. Uh, people are not allowed to wear a hijab outside if they want to. Uh, Muslims should be banned from coming into the country, and uh, so on and so forth. So this is literally their manifesto, mm -hmm. right? So this does not seem like your average centrist party, right? No. Thirty-five to forty percent of voters voted for this party, like. So no, 25 to 35% of voters voted for this party, right? It's the largest party in the Netherlands. The Netherlands does not have a two-party system. It has a coalition system. So mm -hmm. if you get outright majority, you get outright majority, but they never get outright majority. Why don't they ever get outright majority? Because people always want to vote for who they mm -hmm. align with. So there's literally mm -hmm. a party called Partai for Deren, which means party for the animals. And then you have a party which is a more leftist party. And if you combine those two parties together, they would be the leading party of the Netherlands. But people mm -hmm. vote for them separately, although they represent very similar uh, leftist ideals. But one of them has a different agenda. So now this is my question to you. This is a very good point you said. For me, where individuality stands is if my belief system, if my cause is not being heard, it doesn't matter to me. In the Netherlands, 75% was the voter turnout. So 25% people did not even come out to vote. Why? They were thinking exactly like Americans, but they have a myriad of choices, right? They have a myriad mm -hmm. of choices. They have a animal party. They have a leftist party. They have a right party. Mm -hmm. They have a Christian party. They have a Jew party. They have so many parties. They didn't mm -hmm. come out to vote because they're like, it doesn't matter to me, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it should matter to you because it's your, it's not just your individual right to vote. It's your moral duty to be involved in the process of supporting society, you know, and their, and their foundations. So now my question to you, the whole problem that's happening on the left with the coalitions mm -hmm. and everything, Mm -hmm. 
why can't all of these get back uh, back all of these parties and coalitions and communities come together and just back one candidate why because the first thing they're doing is they're like okay where am i being represented where are we being represented and that's the crux of individuality right it's about my choice first okay what if you don't get what if we don't represent animals this term but we do represent immigrants who are humans and at least beat the other party who wants to kick them out isn't this the moral choice yeah sure but but what about animals <laughs> it's not about animals right now it's about them can we support them yeah only if we support animals yeah. you well, get what let I mean? me ask you let me ask you is is in the netherlands is that is is that a winner take all system or is that well, actually i don't really know quite know what that means it, are you guys using a ranked choice system or is are people just no 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 it's the same thing so my wife and i voted for uh uh, the part, Partei for the Deer and the Party for the Animals. And uh, my wife was very mad. She was like, we should have made a strategic choice. We should have gone for PBHH. I'm like, what is PBHH? They're like, that's a leftist party. And I knew they were going to win. And they, like, the the top party won 35 seats out of 135, and this party won, like, 20 seats. So they, she was like, we should okay. have voted for them. And that should have been a strategic choice. This is our ideal choice. So if we had a rank-based voting, then this would be number one, and PVHH would be number two, and then PVHH yeah. would have gone or taken our seat. So it doesn't happen rank choice here, and it's not winner takes all. It is majority, so now it, a coalition okay. needs to be formed. But okay. this is what I was discussing with uh, my uh, Dutch basically citizens around me. And I told them, I said, well, isn't it possible that we could just skip the largest party and make a coalition with the rest of them? And it is theoretically possible. They're like, yes, but in the next election, that party is going to win more votes because the people are going to say, we voted for this party. This is the biggest representation of what the people want. Why aren't you giving them a chance? So it is a vicious feedback loop that you know this party mm -hmm. isn't good, but if you don't mm -hmm. give them the opportunity to screw it up, which they will, and this is what everyone on the left is saying. They're like, yes, let them come in. They're going to screw it up. They're going to run some very stupid policies that their people are going to realize that this was a mistake in the next term. It's going to self-correct. Sure. But I don't want to wait four years for that because that's exactly what happened in the US as well with the whole Hillary mm -hmm. Clinton problem. As you were saying, <laughs> they're the same. It's a false choice. It's a false choice. But you saw the mm -hmm. difference. And that's why in the 2022 yeah. election, there was more turnout than the 2016 mm -hmm. election, mostly on the yeah. left side. Why? Because they were like, you know what? We don't want that. <laughs> we want <laughs> yeah, this. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And now uh, but af after this, the same problem right now uh, because of the whole Middle Eastern conflict. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of Muslim citizens and there's like a lot of big celebrity or big personalities on Twitter are saying all of this stuff that I was OK with Biden. But after mm -hmm. I'm seeing how he's is fumbling the, the, the Middle Eastern conflict, uh, I don't know who uh, who I'm going to vote for in 2024. or I don't know who I'm going to vote for. The, the answer to that one person gave, he was like, but there are only two choices. Mm -hmm. If you don't go for Biden. Are you voting for Trump? And if you're not voting for Trump, you are still voting for Trump by abstaining because the same problem, the yeah. people on the right are going to yeah. vote no matter what, they're a homogenous group. The left is the problem where people are fragmented. And again, going back to my initial conversation, I feel like that is only because the individual drive to bring our stuff first, because our priorities, our beliefs is more important than the collective societal beliefs and societal problems. This is my only issue with individualism. Nothing else. Mm -hmm. I completely agree to your right to be whoever you want to be, your right to do whatever you want to do, your right to consent and everything. But it becomes very difficult for you as an individual to care about someone else without it actively affecting you in any way. Mm -hmm. Right? 
because that's what they do in collectivist societies. It's not just uh, this, like, for example, in Pakistan, I form a collectivist society and my mom says that we have to do this. My grandmother passed away recently, right? And they had to like throw funerals and put food on the table. And I was like, why are we grieving? They're like, yeah, but people come here and they also mm -hmm. take out the time to pray for your grandmother. The least we can do is offer them food. It has no better, it has no benefit to us to do this. But we do it for society. Although there's a separate debate that is this the right thing or not. So your society should know that this is not a right thing. This is a grieving family. We should not burden them by making them take care of uh, take care of us by feeding us. But on an individual level, you always think like, okay, is this beneficial for people? That's the difference between an individual mindset and a, and a collectivist mindset or just a, like a societal mindset. That it's not about the, the starting conversation is not what can I get out of this? The question is, how can I have value to this so that everyone becomes better off? And I think that is the biggest switch that I feel like I want to see. It's interesting hearing about your it's interesting hearing about your the the, the politics where you are um the the even even the political system because i don't i know i debate i know basically nothing about it i i my knowledge of the topic is up 100% since this conversation started <laughs> um and and that and and it, it is interesting in in your in your context it does it rings far louder the idea of making like your wife was saying like making a strategic vote makes significantly mm -hmm. more sense um and and i mean i'm 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 pretty i'm i'm i feel very confident that that most of the people when they vote in our elections somewhat counterintuitively uh are actually are actually making a collectivist decision they're choosing the lesser of two evils yeah. Um, where that now, also, you said like your, your turnout was 75%. Uh, congratulations, my man, because I'm pretty sure our turnout is like 40% or some like absolutely <laughs> embarrassing number. I don't know. Actually, I'm not going to Google it right now. It's really low though. And it's very, very upsetting. Um, you know, and, and it, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that is a, I don't think that's a, I don't think that that's a collectivist or a, or an individualistic reflection. I think it's a demoralization of like, it, this has never mattered. I've never seen it matter. I've never seen, and especially leading up until 2016, there were like the, the, like the day-to-day -day consequences within society of elections were very subtle. Yeah. The left and right, yeah. you know, the left and yeah. right were just kind of different flavors of the same sort of thing. Like, I, I don't know, like my, my community seems to be okay. Trash is kind of always a problem. Crime is always a little bit of a problem. It doesn't really matter, seem to matter who's in charge. And it just, that just kind of is how it is. And I think that, you know, decades and decades and decades of that has people feeling like a, a really, just a really significant chunk of the population feeling like, hmm, it's just the thing that I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's that's and it's not really them saying like this doesn't matter to me. It's them literally saying it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like almost as if, almost as if, like uh, you know. Well, no, that's a terrible analogy. Never mind. Forget that. But um, you know, and 
and and so but but the people who do vote in our general election so i don't know if you know we have we have a primary system yeah uh, are you familiar with the prime yeah so the the place where these battles kind of end up getting fought and we have this fragment this like crazy fragmentation is in our primary system uh, yeah. where the general election candidates are actually chosen and in 2016 that's where you saw on the left in particular that's where you saw things get really bad they got really yeah. really bad and and yeah. and, and, and in particularly embarrassing because we had we had candidates like Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders and Liz Liz Warren and uh, you know I, I can't Andrew Yang Andrew Yang and these people are like fucking carbon copy clones of each other they're like you know Elizabeth Warren is kind of this policy wonk and she's like I think we should have you know better protection consumer protections and also. The gay people should be allowed and then we have bernie sanders and he's like it's all about class problems and wealth inequality and also the gay people should be allowed and then pete booty judge is like i i was a i was a mayor and and did a good job and i am gay okay. you know and it's like and and there i mean the, and like yes there were nuanced differences between all of these people without a doubt but they were kind of all the same and then, and the, the only thing that they had, the only thing that, the only difference that they had really meaningfully was that none of these other people were particularly well-liked within like corporate establishment politics. And Hillary Clinton was kind of the one person, and she said all the same stuff. She's like, we need healthcare. And also the gay people should be allowed, you know? Uh, you know, but and banks, I don't mind. I don't mind the banks so much either. You know, and it's like, and and it got nasty. It got really nasty because I think that the collectivist, the the sort of one of the that the kind of collectivist undertones within this country is like the corporations are fucking us over. <laughs> you know, and maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Maybe it's a somewhere in the middle. I'm sure it's somewhere in the middle. But it is a. No, it no, is no. A felt, I can say. I can thing. say they are. Yeah. I can say yeah. they are because you can see it in the numbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and yeah. and you know, and I think there was, you know, and 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 after that, and after all that happened, there was a lot of resentment, especially toward the whole system in general. When you know, when there were a lot of a lot of a lot of Bernie Sanders followers were like, yeah, I would go with Liz Warren. A lot of Liz Warren's followers were like, yeah, I'd go with Pete Buttigieg. A lot of Pete Buttigieg's followers were like uh everybody's yeah they're all fine <laughs> like you know but almost everybody who was interested in those candidates were also kind of like eh, not don't really like hillary clinton uh we don't really like the whole like banks and big business thing so when we ended up with that you know a lot of people i think in that in that same way a lot of people were kind of like in a kind of collectivist way saying anything but hillary clinton <laughs> She is the worst. She is the, she is the, the, some Trump is somehow the lesser of two evils. Now, obviously he wasn't, obviously he wasn't, <laughs> but, but I don't think that that was an individualistic decision. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that people were making, were saying that individualistically. I think they were misguided and they were wrong, but I think that, I think that it was kind of a collectivist decision. They were saying, I didn't, I didn't like how this turns out. I don't feel like this 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 is like a this is a shade this is a shade of uh leftist policy that i i 
that I don't think represents enough of us. Like it doesn't represent enough of this country. And so let's but, try something different, you know? Yeah, but then, yeah, that's true. That they went for the right, but a lot of them also chose not to vote. That is individualistic. That's true. Right? They were, so in the end, that's the thing. And even if you go to the right, to be fair, 2016 election, you can't blame too much, right? Because you're like, you never saw what Trump could be capable of. But sure. people who know Trump, People mm -hmm. who were seeing the MAGA rallies should mm -hmm. know Trump is not the lesser of two evils. That's it's impossible. I look well, at the right. well, foot, you know. I look at it, I, and if someone tells me anything but Hillary, and they look at that video of of Trump, and they go like, "Yes," I I, I cannot fathom that in my mind. I'm like, seriously, oh, no. are you? I mean, you know, this. But this this is. I mean, like I was saying, you know, we we had we had decades and decades and decades of it not really mattering that much yeah. one way or the other. And also yeah. decades and decades of various news media really saying like, oh, this other person, whoever they are, is the worst person that has ever been. So there's also kind of a numbness to the whole thing where it's like... That I can understand. That I can okay, understand. Okay, so, so he said some bad stuff, but like, is it really that bad? I can't really tell. <laughs> like, you know, and I mean, and I, where I'm sitting, I'm like, Oh my God! Yes, it's really that bad. What are you? What are you guys talking about? He's like, you know, okay, well, yeah. you know, but but I mean, again, my, my my point. I think that my point is that I don't within within the United States at least to abstain from participating in the voting process. I don't think that's really an especially individualistic decision because it's so it's so diffuse. It's so it's so diff, diffused into this has never mattered. Like it, yeah. it, it, it has not mattered enough for it to register as a collectivist thing that we have to do. Yeah, I think that and I think that it actually is now. I think that I think that that the, the last, you know, the, the four years of Trump did kind of like and especially like the overturning of Roe v. Wade and abortion rights yeah. and stuff like that. Exactly. You know, I, I do think that that has sort of snapped people into into at least to a degree anyway, into seeing um, seeing the voting process as kind of a collectivist thing. Like you need to participate and you need to think hard about who you're who you're choosing, even even though it's going to leave a bitter taste in your mouth because you probably don't particularly like the person you have to vote yeah. for, you know? Yeah, yeah um, no, I understand. I understand. And I think, uh, I think we are converging, which is a yeah. good, which is very good looking at the time. We, I want to talk <laughs> about choice paralysis as well, but I think that's a conversation for another time. Sure. Uh, because I do, I understand that it might feel deflatory, right? That, oh my God, what's the point? And mm -hmm. and it and a, a group of people are saying it together, so it might sound collectivistic. But a collectivist identity is what. So this is also kind of paradoxical. But a collectivist identity comes from the individuals inside it, right? And once mm -hmm. the collectivist identity has become too like it's prevalent for too long, then suddenly it doesn't reflect who you are as a person. But a collectivist identity comes from somewhere. Like for example, in Pakistan as well, the younger generation doesn't care about these things, right? About funeral rights and and about. Uh, we have this word called lokya kahenge. It means what will they say, right? It means literally means what will they say, and that's the motto my parents' generation lives and dies by. But that's a motto we don't care about because we're more individualistic, right? So we're like, I don't give a shit about you. What do you say? Uh, but my parent does. My my mom cares if her mom says something to her about me. My mom cares if her aunt says something about me to me. Like for example, uh, when I moved here. And, um, and me and my wife hasn't gone back, gone to back, back to Pakistan yet with my little daughter because uh, I know she's gonna get sick there because it's like a 
180 <laughs> difference in, in lifestyle. So she is probably going to get sicker due to the water, due to everything. So I wouldn't wait till she's a year old so she can handle it. Right. Mm -hmm. And there my mom says, people are telling me that, oh, your son is never coming back. There is no point. Mm -hmm. He has, he's become Dutch now. Uh, leave him, forget him. And then mom tells me these things. Say, look, what are they saying? I'm like, mom, let them say whatever they're saying, but it affects her so much. It doesn't affect mm -hmm. us. So there is a, this paradigm shift happening in, in our side as well, like a paradigm shift is happening on, on, on the West. And I mm -hmm. feel like the problem that has happened is what we're going through is what the West went through hundreds of years ago or mm -hmm. like 50, 60 years ago. But mm -hmm. what you are going through now is basically a, a regression to the mean. After you become too leftist, now you're becoming too rightist. Now you're going to mm -hmm. become again, uh, it, it could become a bit to the, to the central side. And that only happens because individual identity in my eyes is the reason for all of this is because as an individual, you try new things. You're like, I want to do this. And if this didn't work, then Trump happened. And after Trump <laughs> happened, you're like, you know what? I will take this instead, <laughs> but this wouldn't <laughs> have happened in the first place. If you would have been thinking about society as, as a whole from the start, but people don't. And that's in essence, the, the whole thing. And of course we want to talk about capitalism. We want to talk about choice paralysis and how that adds to the value of, of this whole problem. But I think that we have to leave that for some other time. So these are my thoughts to end the conversation with. What are your thoughts to end the conversation? Mm. What are the thoughts to end the conversation? I only have thoughts to start the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to say that the push to the right is not a uniquely Western phenomenon right now. We, the, the, that is a, that's happening globally in different degrees, but it's not just Western nations that are suddenly and inexplicably taking on like far right political, you know, governments and stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You know, I mean, co co a collectivist society is, is really just as capable of becoming reactionary and as a collective deciding that they hate a very particular group of people and creating a fertile ground for, uh, you know, some, right-wing government to exploit yeah. that. You know, I mean, in some ways, in some ways, a collectivist society is potentially more vulnerable to yep. kind yep. of fascist propaganda because of, because they have a collectivist mindset about things that can, that can be used in the same way. Yeah. So, Indeed. but for a different reason. So, Indeed. you know, we, yeah, I but think, that makes I think, it easier. Yeah, go ahead. Go, for go, it, go, go on. That's fine. Perfect. I was going to let you end the conversation. I was no. like, keep going, keep talking. I want, I want this podcast to be one of your hour and ten minute long podcasts. <laughs> so, so I do like a point of view, but I think the reason with the fingers are pointed more towards, or like the attention is more towards the Western nation, is because in every place else, and this is also documented by political scientists, that the far rightism uh, uh, starts popping up in the nation when, as you said, it's a reactionary, when people are reacting to something bad economics, bad uh, socioeconomic landscape, something mm -hmm. happening. And around the world, that is happening in Brazil, uh, in Egypt, in the Middle East, in Pakistan. Most of those countries are poor or getting poorer. Or, or there's a cash trap or there's an issue in Venezuela as well. They're not planning to uh, basically, uh, what do you call it? Invade Guana, one side of Guana. Uh, mm. and, and, and the far right government there is, is basically enticing that violence. They have introduced new maps in schools where now Venezuela mm. has this extra part on the right. So that's because it's the fertile grounds for fascism or far rightism is always bad economic 
like system, mm-hmm. right? People don't have enough wealth. People don't have enough choice and everything. The why it's interesting on the West is because all indicators are strong. <laughs> you're earning more money. You're more richer than you were before. You're more educated than you were before. And yet you choose to go on that side is mm-hmm. the, the most interesting element. And I think that's, that's, that's what that's, I wanted to yeah, that's a good, that's, and that, that's a good point. I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, there's a, there's an aspect there where you could like, I'm not sure. I think that if, if, if we're talking about a fat, something fascinating about the fact that it is happening in the West, it is weird to say, well, it's happening other parts of the country for, for the reason of economic, for, for economic reasons, but in the West it's happening because of individualism. And that seems weird to me. Yeah, that seems yeah, like a, that, that seems like a weird kind of like. Eh. That's a hard, hard reach, indeed. That I can agree. You know, that I agree. But, that it could be. I mean, I don't. I don't fundamentally disagree with you. I, I'm very much of the mind that individualism can 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 and often does go way too far, and it comes with some. It comes with some great costs, and I think I am. I am personally aware that so does. Uh, so does does collectivism. Collectivism also ha- carries a heavy cost, and it's hard to it's hard to balance. But this is one of the things I like. This is one of the things I haven't really enjoyed about talking with you is that uh, I think that you and I have an awful lot of agreement, but we have different perspectives on it, <laughs> and that makes me feel a little bit smarter talking to you. You know, because I don't, I mean, I don't hear you saying individualism is bad always. It's a terrible thing. We should be collectivist societies. And I don't think that you're hearing me say individualism or individualism is the gold standard. We should only be doing individualism. Fuck collectivism. Burn it down, you know. Um, yet we're we're just far enough apart that I think it's kind of satisfying that we could kind of we can kind of fight over the, the, the sort of like 10% on either side of the issue or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I, um, I agree with you. I think it's 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 a learning process to learn from different people. And if you're talking with the same people, then you're literally in an echo chamber, right? And that's mm-hmm. what I really enjoy as well. And, and I think I learned from that as well is that, yeah, there's a different perspective, especially because of our upbringing, right? So I have another friend in Pakistan who also I like to argue with a lot, but we almost always converge. And he's also on this mm-hmm. channel. You must have heard me talking to him a lot. Because we're Pakistanis, we we are very similar in our mindsets. But with mm-hmm. you, because we're so differently raised and different life experiences that, yeah, even if there is this touchy subject that we discuss, even if we want to agree to each other, there's still a degree and a variation in how we agree. Because you're like, yeah, it's not the same because I'm an American. Mm-hmm. I was raised here. I see the values. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I was raised here. I see these values. And I think it really adds to the conversation. And having the ability to entertain a thought without accepting it as as Plato said or Aristotle said, is 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 a mark of a of a good like of a good mind. That you should be okay to understand that okay, this person say saying something I don't agree with, but I will let them finish the sentence. I will not cut them yeah. off. And I'm gonna make my case and I'm gonna see okay which are we getting more closer to to a goal or not. And if not, that's also fine. At least I learned something. And I think yeah. that's very, very important. Yeah. 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 Well great. Next time, Thank let's you so talk much. about. Next time, let's talk about religious trauma. I want to hear about your <laughs> religious trauma. I'll tell you all about mine. <laughs> oh, that's a touchy subject. I would love to do that. I have so many stories. You have no idea. This is going to be so much fun. But thank you so much, William, for your time, and thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And I hope you like this show. Please uh, tune in next time when we're going to be having a discussion, maybe on religious trauma.
Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> if you haven't already, do check out the roundtable. We are live with our first session already, and we are looking for the upcoming quarter participants. So if you think you want an accountability group where you come in and get shit done, roundtable is the place to be. So sign up using the link below, and I'll see you there. Thank you so much. Thank you.